0: off the ball daily a home for your favorite podcasts from off the ball the performance rankings you had to be there the crappy quiz and a slight tangent that's being a football hipster isn't it making up kind of weird names subscribe to the off the ball daily podcast feed right now otb am with gillette labs get the ultimate shave or your money back neon night edition available now Delighted to have in studio with us, Vinny Perth. How are things, Vinny? Good morning. How are we? All oh, good.
1: Uh, oh, Shocking off the referee from the leggy to
0: dog oh, We were talking the leggy Warsaw <laughs> game. So Johnny was. Uh, yeah, he actually had the morning those. handball. The handball rule earlier. What's your what are your views here?
2: Yeah, I'm, like it's funny. I'm still not over that that decision, and um, it's little things like that when you come out again because that was, um, and who knows? But we were one 0 down, I think, at the time, and then that that decision sort of shifted the whole tide to Legia. Remember. That was a playoff for group stage Champions League football in Aviva Stadium and then we went over there and we took the lead. Sensational Robbie Benson goal and then they had a man sent off. But that goal was pivotal in the tie and Andy Ball's hands were actually... You know, I'm on radio Balling here, on but it, like couldn't, it couldn't be any more behind his body. And um, But again, it's funny um, when you watch the game back and you listen to people in studio, it was a debatable decision. That's where some of this stuff is so grey area grey area it wasn't debatable from, from our perspective or a lot of Andy people Andy Boyle Andy that's Boyle
1: that's not debatable
2: but, but uh, there was people in the studio that night who said oh we can, it was a handball
1: if you, if you want to fall backwards on the ground what are you going to do? Put your hands up in the air? I mean, like people, you have to realise that your hands move in a football game.
2: Yeah, and very seldom, as you know, do I agree with you. Well, I agree with you <laughs> on this stuff is
1: we've another twenty minutes here. Like
2: when you, how do you time to disagree. Well, yeah? When you the, the problem I have with VAR is I think it's been a real help in, in different situations, but referees should not be allowed to see anything in slow motion. Mm-hmm. Right, because I, I I've no problem with the two handballs being given or not given last night if if that happens on the pitch, but when you slow stuff, nothing happens in slow motion. What if a player deceives very
0: quickly? Then the slow motion is necessary to determine if that's happened.
2: Yeah, but but the, the whole point of it, the football game doesn't happen in slow motion. Yeah. So in, in terms of offsides, it's very clear someone's either offside, and we don't like how close it's getting. But it's black and white. If if he had an armpit offside and he can score a goal with that armpit. He's offside, so that's black and white. No issue with that. Takes a little bit longer than we would like, but other stuff is just played in, in in real time, and that's it. And you shouldn't be allowed to see stuff from slow motion, and just completely against that part of it, because the game's played at speed and uh, trust the referees a little bit. Mm. The other conversation we had earlier was that the League of Ireland has
0: become cool. I think Johnny is the is that the phrase we're going with. I mean, it's hard to argue yes. that it's pe- there are people now going to League of Ireland matches, as Johnny said that you would never have seen going to the league of ireland matches
2: yeah I, th- I think it's a mixture of of that i think some clubs have done it really well there's there's a niche around balls there's also a, a certain niche around st pat's in terms of people going but somewhere like um, somewhere like out in the job the shamrock rovers have done mm. that's not that's not necessarily about being killed. Cool. That's about something in the area for people who genuinely... Like, Tala should be a real hotbed of soccer, never mind Shamrock Rovers element. We should be able to develop football after football out of that area. And even if you think about Richard Don, Killing Arden, um, Robbie Keane, Federkern, Cairn, the, um, the, the Irish international manager is... To give you people listening from around the country, was born within a mile of Tallis Stadium. Stephen Bradley, the league champ, um, the, the currently league winning manager, was born within a mile of that stadium. And the under twenty one manager, Jim Crawford, was born within a mile of that stadium. You had Richard Dunn. There's so many good players. So, but it's about um, and if that I believe and the FEI have, have done a lot of work in that area. But that should be. Places like that should be hotbeds for our soccer, and it's starting to happen. Not there yet, there yet, but when when you go to uh, what what I love about going to a Rovers game is. Um the fact they get lots of stick helps me. I like that. But <laughs> when you're walking, you see people coming out of... Again, you get much people, stick at the Rovers games yeah, yeah, still a little bit. It's great though. It's good, it's good fun. <laughs> it, wa- it was too far the other way, but now it's just good fun. But you see people coming out of, And again, I understand people listening won't know these areas. Coming out of Kilnard and Jobstown, Springfield, and mm. North. And you see them walking the game, parents and kids. Like the and old for, days, For yeah. me, that's huge. Mm. Like I used to get on a bus down to Harold's Cross to watch Pats for argument's sake. Or, or get a lift over to Richmond Park, and when I see people walking, and that's real. That's how England is so good at what they do because the stadiums are in towns a lot of the time. You, yeah. you go to Goodison, you're you're walking in, particularly if you stand on the Gladys Street, and you you could have a cup of tea, like within uh, twenty yards of of uh, putting your ticket through a turnstile of in someone's house. So I think that's usually important, but it it at the same time. Um, they're small enough numbers in terms of, like, Drogheda is selling out now, but it's small enough in terms of capacity. So we have to sort of, we can't take these people are turning up for granted. And I go back to a couple of weeks ago, the heavens opened up in Dublin. People travel from Derry City. That's the smart. best fans in the world. I'm telling you, they're, they're brilliant in terms of yeah. how they sing. Mm. Um, and if, if I'm going to a Derry game, I'll sit near them for a the bit of crack and listen to mm. them. But they stood out in the rain for. And I mean, after rain, three though. and a half hours, stood out in the rain for another two hours and then sent back up to Derry. So we've got to look after these people and don't and take them for granted.
0: That's the thing, and the stats came out this week. So attendances for Premier Division games up by 27% in the opening nine games of the season. That will come as no surprise to anyone. More than 55,000 as well have attended uh, first division games so far this year with the average attendance going up again. But that's the, the issue that this money needs to be invested in the in
2: Yeah, the and, and go back to, say, Leinster Rugby, who are. You know, one of the top rugby teams in, in Europe. Um, their attendances weren't always as high as, you know, you can sell out the Aviva in the next couple of weeks, but you could quite easily get a ticket for um, um, the, the st- what's the Do stadium? You, RDS. RDS. Yeah. And then all of a sudden it takes off. So momentum will come, and I think League of Ireland is ready to take off to go to another level. Just make sure we have to have some of the facilities in place. And when you watch um, Rovers and Shells, you don't know, you, for me, I've watched a lot of shells this year and when I watch that game you're looking at some people are going, Shellburn are a really good football team. Well, of course they're technically very good, but they're playing on a really good stadium, a really good pitch, and people go on about T V courage coverage and all that stuff. Just get the basics right. Football mm. pitches first in this country aren't good enough yet and then um, the rest, and the stands, and, and the whole lot, and the whole lot will come together, and we're slowly getting there. That game as well,
1: Vinny, like, um, and the, the producer in the studio who's looking after the cameras, he pans to the sideline, and there you have, like, Joey O'Brien and Damien Duff. Yeah, it's brilliant. Uh, these are in their infancy in terms of management. <laughs> On TV. This is a big, yeah. big deal for them. This is everything to them at the moment. These are Premier League players, and they're managing shells. we essentially a mid-ranking League of Ireland team.
2: Yeah, we and take I- that for granted, almost. Mm. Yeah we we do a little bit and but at the same time that's just adds to the to the what's the word the, the box officeness mm-hmm. of a Damien Duff like I mean um Rovers on or um Shalbourne are the live game again this week you know already following Damien I don't know it but, might be a little but bit look, yeah <laughs> um but look there's some there's some big names in the league as well outside of that that's that's that, all that just helps to it. It's, it. It brings, it lets people know. But but it shouldn't be any shock to people that someone like Damien and Joey are really invested in their football club because you don't get to the level they're at by doing football half hours. And anyone that knows Damien, I, I only know him through doing a course with him over a two-year period. He is the most touring man in the world. As I said on here before, I think he debates with himself if he's going for a bottle of milk, which brand to get, mm. and he'll, he'll make sure he gets the right one. Because... But you don't you get sense that from him. But you don't you. become a, a Premiership. You don't be, get to the level he got to without being so invested in what you do.
1: Just a question, for you, Vinny. So, like Stephen Kenny would have spoken about, he was detached from the Jack Charlton kind of Ireland team because of the way we played, and that's kind of controversial in hindsight. Because like Jack Charlton did um, a lot of things that were quite evolution revolutionary at the time in terms of pressing and stuff like that. But we didn't play an nice standard of football. And if you look back at say. I spoke to somebody last weekend who was at Ireland and the USSR in 74, which is Lean Brady's debut and we passed the ball on a bad Daily Mount pitch like a really good team that day Johnny Giles and Liam Brady and I was watching that game during lockdown and it was one of these games that they played back and I was like how are we then pigeonholed as this country that couldn't play football right? but if you go to the League of Ireland where is this kind of um, hegemony come now where everyone is trying to pass the ball give or take it's a real on the ground league and if you go I think Vinny to Underage as well they're all coaching to pass the ball from the goalkeeper out at under 14 level um, at like Longford Town all the way up to Rovers
2: yeah, where does that come from I, I think two things I think the game has changed in terms of how it's played and how people watch the game and, and people understand the game a little bit different in terms of it used to be 4-4-2 um, I, I, I debated this many times with, with someone like Stephen I don't I don't subscribe to that argument that uh, someone like Jack Charlton I think <clears throat> Jack Charlton pretended he, he, he forgot people's names and stuff like that I think that suit, suits the after dinner speaking as well a little bit but <laughs> go, go back to I'll just bring up one goal real quickly go back to Ireland against Italy in I think it was in the joint stadium John Sheridan came and got the ball off Dennis Irwin mm. short He Jack changed uh, John Sheridan's position a little bit and he became a little bit deeper ok he went long to an Andy Townsend or to a um, Tommy Coyne uh, yeah but remember where Ray Houghton was playing he was playing on the right Wing, he was playing narrow. That's something a lot of players and Pep is doing now. With say um, Grealish playing narrow or Foden, and Helton is in that sort of number ten position to pick up seconds. That didn't just happen by accident. That didn't just like, oh, uh, Ray Helton ended up in that position. So and John Sheridan hitting the bar in the second half, yeah. lovely, lovely move. And, as well, and the, yeah. the way we played, there, Andy Townsend actually switched position and, and sort mm. of because he went into the he, he gave us a real running power from ten. Just just to make the point that. Football is, is changing and it has different cycles and um I think they, I think to go on about say someone like Jack Charton I think is completely disrespectful because um you know, he got to major tournaments and he did but We were pigeonholed things. as a country that couldn't really play football.
1: It was like this British style of football. No. Like when Dodok went into Europe, there was there was genuine surprise when you played Maccabi Haifa that day. And I think you were quoted after the game where you may have spoken to Benny Uno or whatever. He's like, I love the way you play. Like, you play the game the right way. But this was an outlier. It was like, oh my God, you're an Irish team. Not only that, you're a League of Ireland team and you're passing the ball here. Yeah. And it took us a long time to prove we could actually do this.
2: Like. No, but Br- British football was played a certain way um, and continental football was played another way. Mm. I think they've all merged mm. into being very similar now and there's different variants of it of all different shapes. But I, I, I just think it's, I think that was overplayed from both sides a little bit. I think mm. they were closer than what they should be. Italian football was very sterile and, and whatever and wasn't about conceding where British football was a bit more blood, blood and thunder. Mm. I think we've also got to be careful of where we are now in the league in terms of the, there's some games at the moment that aren't good. And it's too much actually passing and it's right. too slow and it's 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 passing for the sake of passing and teams need to be a bit more adventurous. And then there's a lot of goals being scored and you could argue because defensively teams aren't good enough as well. So it's about finding that balance. And um, While well, teams aren't being cut out at the moment because the league is so close they're, they're, and the, the gap isn't big enough because we haven't got really outstanding teams potentially. So you've got to find a balance in all that and I think... Uh, not go overboard one way or the yeah. other way,
0: it would feel. Many uh, the astro turf argument has come up once again this week. Colin Healy was was quoted um, talking about the, the number of injuries and, and certainly last week on Sunday, Andy Boyle in the warm up, Greg Sloggett during the game at Oil Park suffering injuries. Stephen O'Donnell linking the number of injuries both Dundalk and Derry City have suffered to those astro surfaces. So this this is a an issue that's not going away.
2: Yeah, the, again, I, I I like to think I'm in the... I, I like to be on the fence or in the middle on this stuff. So I obviously worked in Oriel Park for nearly nine years. Um, so, so a couple of things. I was really surprised by Stephen O'Donnell's comments, right? Not that I disagree with them. I just wouldn't have said them. Because, as the Dundalk manager. As the Dundalk manager. Because straight away, if, if I'm um, a Shelbourne player today and want to take the next stab, step which is, which is say, Dundalk and proper full-time. Maybe it's not, but Shelbourne's a bad example. I, I ain't signing for Dundalk. Mm. I'm not signing for Dundalk because there's a higher risk of being injured if I can find a comparable club. And I think that's part of Dundalk's problem now because you've got teams now like Pats full-time, Bowles full-time, um, so a balls player is now has a better option. He's probably trained on grass and playing on grass. So That's a big call. I agree with you, but is he trying to force their hand and say, we need to change the pitch yeah, is he playing a game? Unless, unless the club has somewhere in the region, of, and ju- just to be mm. clear, somewhere in the region of £700,000 to change the pitch back to grass, people think you just rip up this and, and plant mm. seed. There's, there's a certain structure underneath the astroturf that has to be removed. And then when do you do it? Do dog you know play in Drogheda for... Because you can't do it in the off season because yeah, it winter takes here. too long. Yeah, so it's a, it's a huge call, and um, but it, there is an issue there. Um, absolutely, the the uh, I seen one article uh, this week in the Sun, really good article, but it was sort of critical. Neil Irwin piece, yeah. piece was sort of critical of the previous owners, but actually, people who put down this pitch were the ones before that who are back involved with the club. And they saved something like £25,000 at the time by not putting what's called a bounce mat in. And it's really hard underneath. I think the elephant in the room is... um, AstroTurf pitches aren't bad. They're needed in this country to help develop our footballers because of the climate, because of the restrictions on, on the amount of land we have for people to play football. But the two at League of Ireland level are two of the worst ones you'll find in the bloody country. So there's some really good AstroTurf pitches around the country. You've gotten playing European football, you'll probably play if, if Rovers get to a group stage or the league, I would say highly likely statistically play against someone on astro turf pitch. Mm. The Rovers players won't come home from that saying, pitch was terrible, it was dangerous, any of that stuff. The ones that are in our grounds uh, in Derry and, and Where Dundalk are, the good are really good in poor.
1: Ireland then actually. Uh,
2: uh, there's lots of them um like in, in just local level where mm. people have put proper money into it As I said, does it, uh, and I'm not an expert on AstroTurf pitches, but mm. I know from, like, I, I, I brought people in at Dundalk to try and, uh, again, encourage our owners to to remove our AstroTurf and um, by putting the proper structure in and, and and the maintenance of them is huge. Like, Malahide United's pitch at the moment, they've got two of them. They're excellent. Cherry mm. Orchard had put one in. does. Examples of just regressed, you know? It, of course, you do. Yeah. It's a product that wears out over time, and um, but again, maintenance is huge on them, and like, the, but the injuries, Shane, is is really scary. Like, yeah, um, it's it's something that people have to get a grip of because it's it's. Well, we were making the point during the week, Vinny. Sorry, like
1: wh- where are injuries now in terms of bad tackles versus players just getting injured on astro? Yeah, innocuous challenges.
2: Yeah, like John Mountney had done his crew shit ironically playing for Pats in Oriel Park he then done his other crusade playing uh, playing for Dundalk um young young Keane um from Shelbourne had a really bad knee injury there and still hasn't played uh, Sligo lost two players Brannock and, and Sullivan to, to ankle injuries and a player underage the following day in yeah. The o- o- yeah, up and up in <laughs> Brandywell, uh, yeah. the Brandywell um I remember going to the Brandywell the, when we came out of Europe so it was mi- mid enough season I lost Patrick okay, to a tackle but his foot got planted on the AstroTurf pitch, Uh, Dave McMillan went up for a header, Michael Duffy and Daniel Kelly lost four players that day uh, and it was off the back of a big run and three of them never played for me again and we only lost it in Europe by three points that mm-hmm. year so it can, it can be really detrimental to, to people if it's not well maintained and looked after there's some of them up the north yeah. where players will tell you they're excellent I think they're four in the but did you know the mad thing is like Terry
1: Park, which is like as you will know Vinny yeah. excellent surface for yeah. years and years and years and talked to Noel Connolly one of the best grounds I mean, I'd say in the world not to mind the country what he's kept he said there were over 40 games in one month in May and even Noel Conley, which was so sacri- like, sacrilegious was saying we have to consider going down Astro if Terry Lamb went down Astro I don't think it'll ever happen thankfully after the debate we're having now but it would be the saddest thing because that beautiful pitch in the west of Ireland just another Astro pitch which is going to regress and I hope whatever Vinny says about the, the cost
0: I hope we don't have any more of them in the League of Ireland anyway whatever happens in Brandywell and Oriol yes, certainly the, the injury statistics are, are a concern we should mention lads the fixtures um, tomorrow night four games in all Cork City take on Derry at Turner's Cross at Strada versus Bowes at Weavers Park Shelburne Playing Dundalk at Tallcap and Saint Pat's against Shamrock Rovers is probably the big game uh, at Richmond, and then of course Saturday uh, evening we have S- Sligo Rovers against UCD. Anything particularly taking your eye? Every week he- we have a good game. Yeah, like, yeah, I think
2: I think yeah. at the moment um, at the moment you, you've got a fo- there's not a lot of focus. Um, so like for whatever reasons, not a lot of focus on Shamrock Rovers. Mm. They've played ten games and won three. That's only a thirty percent win rate. <laughs> I, <laughs> they won the three of their last four. Like so, they were all of a sudden. It's it's mad. You can look at it two ways. Pat's are second and Pat's are having a terrible season. It's I, mad. I, I, like. I, I wish you, I wish you had um, been thinking that way back in two thousand nineteen. The, <laughs> the point I make is uh, yeah, to, to, no. To be clear, the point I make is it's a big game for them. I think I think they need to kick on and win. I still believe Rovers will win the league by ten points plus. Really, Jack leaves, like, uh, and even if Jack Bourne leaves there's talk uh, of Jack Bourne going to MLS, does it, does it does it does a couple of bids in? Two bids, from, yeah. Charlotte is one of yeah, them. Um, yeah, leave. Um, I don't know. Is Jonas answer? I know he's out contract at the end of the year, so all of this stuff nowadays wh- is there anyone playing games or whatever? We'll find out because their window shuts this weekend I think so we'll find out in next three or four days but he's been sensational he's back to his very best uh, Rovers are far and away the best team in the league do you think um, that? yeah absolutely yeah. I don't think even Derry at the rest the problem is Derry have a couple of injuries so we're not seeing the real Derry at the moment but doesn't every team will get injuries the difference is if Rovers get injuries they'll still be exceptional so uh, but it's a big game for them they need to it, it's all right being play, they're playing excellent they're playing really well but the need to kick on and I, I think this is a big test for and a big test for Pats as well who've been well Sheldon showed how to Marshall
0: Gaffney and Burke you know close them down and just give them no space the, the other work. thing for me was Jack Moylan had
1: Jack Moylan had the Rovers defence in ribbons at times he really did and that was the one thing I think that'll encourage Pats because at least Pats are going in and I think they do seem to be a good counter-attacking team
2: Vinny as well which yeah. they might have to do even at home I think there's a template for Pat's how to beat Rovers. Yeah, I'm just saying again. I, I'm I'm talking up Rovers and just saying this is a big test for them. Need to, like y- you cannot win a league by only winning three out of ten. Statistically having I mean, a thirty percent win rate. Yeah. So I'm saying this is a big test for them. But there's a big template now. Pat's play similar way to how. Uh, shells play and the, the front two of Pats I think will cause them problems um, in terms of Rovers on the counter We were thinking about why the League of Ireland is cool or
1: whatever Adam Murphy um, who I think started in, in Daily Mount he's a kid I think he's 18 he's, everyone's been raving about him at Pats he's had desperate injury problems and I, I imagine he might start Friday mm. which will be fascinating because I love seeing these young players coming through and we've had uh, so many good young players in central positions being entrusted with the role at Bows and Pats and places like that and I hope Adam gets cuz this will be massive playing against Shamrock Rovers so or by his by his street the best uh, midfield in league at the moment OTB AM with Gillette Labs get the ultimate shave or your money back neon night edition available now